the last time I talked to this gentleman was about two months ago. At the time, he told me that if the Canadians were smart, they would trade their number one pick overall and maybe try and get two picks in the top 15 instead. He did change his list before the draft. We'll take a look at it. And now that the draft has come and gone, about 11 days later, I sit down again with Simon Snake Boivard, former scout in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, currently a consultant with Les Farrars de Valdor, who won the draft, who lost the draft. And should the Canadians have selected some Quebecers or players from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League? They took a lot of heat for not doing so. Was it justified? I'll get down to the bottom of it. The snake and I go head to head on the sick podcast. I'm Marinaro. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Look at it, intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instincts and live their passions in order to make their mark. And brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs had a 50-goal score. That was Stéphane Richer back in the day, the numero 44, number 44. Then it's time that you go back to Lacash because the menu will surprise you. Uh, I had a, uh, I actually forget the name of it. What was it now? The I think it was the Bang Bang Shrimp Bowl or something like that. It was beer battered shrimp the last time I went. It was a thing of beauty. Like my next guest, look at this guy. Simon Snake Boivard, two months later, back by popular demand. What's going on with you? I'm doing fine, Tony, and you? I'm doing very, very well. Once again, it was a couple of months ago that I had you on. And at the time, and so, you know, let's put the cards on the table here. You've made it clear that, you know, you do draft lists in season. Then you do another draft list you know, the week of the draft, so everyone knows, you know, sometimes your list changes, sometimes your list doesn't. And uh, so you update your list every now and then. But at the time when we spoke two months ago, at that time, you told me that if you were the Montreal Canadiens who were picking first, you would rather make a trade, you correct me if I'm wrong, to get the sixth and the 12th pick instead of getting pick number one. And you would have been very comfortable with pick number six, if Connor Geeky was around to pick him. Is that not what you said two months ago? Yes, yeah. no? Yeah. yeah. All right. In the end, the Canadians ended up using their number one pick overall, and they drafted Uri Slavkowski. Now, when you updated your list, because I was able to find it on social media, you did so on the 91.9 Spar FM, which is a fantastic Montreal all-sports radio station en français the biggest the best fantastic 
I love that station. More on that in the near future. All right, okay. Okay, so let's take a look at your list. You put it up on social media. All right, there you have it. Number one, Yuri Slavkowski. Number two, you had Cutter Gautier. Number three, Logan Cooley. Number four, defenseman Simon Nemitz. Number five, Connor Geeky. You really do like that guy. And number six, Shane Wright, who ended up slipping to number four. So that was your list. So now, having said that, are you comfortable with the Canadians picking Slavkowski at number one? I guess you would be. Yeah. Or do you still think it would have been a better strategy to get two players in the top 12? I think it would have been good had I been able to get Geeky and Gautier. But the problem is there was a buzz around Gautier towards as we were approaching the draft. So I kind of realized that you couldn't get like Geeky at six and Gautier at 12. So in this case you keep the number one pick because there was a serious drop in my book after the first few players. So in the end, why was your Slavkowski number one on your list? Look, this is a kind of year where there was no clear cut guy like McDavid or Matthews. So you, you had to go with projection. The number one guy for two years, three years was Shane Wright. And what, what I realized a lot of people didn't accept is that Shane Wright kind of plateaued at some point. So the idea was like, are there players that could be better than Shane Wright in the long run? So you start looking at the list and you're thinking, okay, I don't think any defenseman is going to be as good or necessarily better than Wright. Uh, then you're thinking, okay, forwards, who's worthy of being the number one pick? And then you look at Slavkovsky's performance in the second half of the season and at the World Championships, and you're thinking, okay, this guy might not be number one material on any given year, but this year, I think he is. Is he going to end up being a best player in the draft? Azari might not be, but for now, with the information that we have, I feel that a big 6'4 winger uh, with a knack for scoring and a certain cockiness is exactly what the Habs needed. I spoke with someone with the Canadians organization very close to the situation, and he told me, listen, uh, based on what we saw, based on the information we have, we feel very comfortable with Uri Slavkowski, and we believe that he is going to be the best player for the next three or four years. Based on what he showed us, right, he's the most NHL-ready, he's got NHL size, and he proved that he can do it and perform against men the way he did at the Olympics and against NHLers the way he did at the World Championships. Having said that, once again, like you just said, in terms of projecting over the next 10 years or 12 years or 13 years, I mean, any year, anyone's guess is as good as anyone else. But that's an area where no one's sure, right? They're not sure if it's going to be Slavkowski. Seattle's not sure if it's going to be right. New Jersey's not sure if it's going to be Nemitz, and Arizona's not sure if it's going to be Cooley. And maybe it could end up being another player in that draft who ends up being the best player in that draft. Who knows? Maybe it ends up being David Juracek. But the Canadians feel comfortable that over the next three or four years that no one can really criticize the pick because they're getting the player who's the most NHL ready. I agree with this statement.
All right. Uh, the so, only uh, thing is, it's a long season. It's an 82-game season. And I hope that there, there, there won't be any pressure on the coaches to play him necessarily on the first line from game one. I think it would be good to shelter him at first. So start him on a third line. Yeah. The way Vinny LeCavalier said in the press conference that he started on a third line in Tampa and slowly but surely move your way up. You believe him starting the season playing with Suzuki and Caulfield right off the bat is probably too much pressure and too much expectations. Yeah, because look, the Canadians don't have a lot of depth. So obviously, if you focus on the first line, there's a good chance you're going to be able to stop the Habs based on what we saw last year. So there's too much attention. You're, you're, you're facing usually the number one line on the other side. It's a big assignment. So why not put him on the third line, play against lesser opponents, gain confidence, get on the scoring sheet, give him some maybe second unit power play time at first, and then he can move up the ladder. Ottawa did it with Stutzla a couple of years ago. Is it a fait accompli, in your opinion, that Uri Slavkowski will start the season with the Canadians? Look, only has management knows, but he's probably going to dominate at the rookie tournament. He might have a great training camp. So I, I think I think they're going to keep him. Is it the best decision or is it what they're going to do? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's always hard with 18-year-old rookies. Do you throw them to the wolves or do you give them sometimes in the minors like uh, Colorado did with Miko Rentanen? When he came from Finland, he spent a year in uh, in the AHL. I'm not saying that should necessarily be Slavkovsky's case, but I, I'm sure it's in the thought process of the the, the Habs brass right now. Yeah, there is one thing obviously, uh, you know, working in his favor is that he showed not only does he have an NHL body that he can dominate playing versus NHLers and versus men. I mean, he did that at the World Championships. Yeah, it was a small sample. And like I say, 82 games is a long season uh, that he, he, he never had to play 82 games before in the context, uh, very rigorous context of the NHL. The NHL is a totally different animal. But look, I, I, I trust the guy. He, like you say, he has an NHL body. and But he's going to go through the, um, the, the, the bumps that other rookies go through. That's normal. Yeah, I just hope I that... People, you know, don't uh, pound on him if he if he goes pointless for six games. Yeah, I, listen, I don't want to rush him either. We know that when they chose Galchenyuk at three and when they chose Kakenyemi at three, the players in the end did not end up playing to their potential in Montreal. Both of them were rushed into the National Hockey League. I think it's safe to say that Galchenyuk should have done at least an, should have done another year of junior hockey at the very least. I think it's safe to say that uh, Kakenyemi probably should have stayed in Finland a little bit longer. Having said that, the number one pick overall in the draft, usually, not always, because it didn't happen in Owen Powers' case with Buffalo, but usually the number one player in the draft ends up starting his career in the National Hockey League right away. Yeah, this is probably what's going what's gonna to happen. Because with Owen Power, there was like an option, which was college. He had already told the teams that he was going back to college, wanted to win a championship. Slavkovsky... It's not really his decision. It's, it's the Habs' decision. And there are not many options. I mean, he's not going to go to a junior team. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's going to go back to Europe. So it's either Laval or Montreal. So I, I think Montreal is the option. But like I said, as long as he's sheltered at first. 
All right. Okay. So now let's go back to your list of your top five, if we can, or top six, whatever you had there. I think it's your top six. Okay. Um, why let, let's keep it up on the screen. You can follow us, of course, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Why cutter Gautier at number two? Because I, I, I didn't see, first of all, any defenseman that was elite enough in my book to be ranked that high. And then when I look at the other forwards, uh, I look at Gauthier as a guy who can play center, although he played wing this year, but he can play center. I also see an NHL uh, physique. I see an NHL shot. Uh, I also see a lot of grit and, and cockiness in this guy on the ice mm -hmm. and lots of skills. And to me, that's why I put him in front of his line mate, Leogan Cooley, who's a, a shorter guy. So yeah. that's why I had him number two. He went number five. So obviously he was the third, uh, the fourth forward drafted. But in my book, he was the second best forward. Okay. Logan Cooley, you had a number three. He went at number three to Arizona. Yeah, this is, uh, he's not a big guy. Uh, sometimes I question his uh, involvement because he has a tendency to cheat. But he, he's a highly skilled player. Maybe in terms of hands and skills, he might be the most skilled player of the bunch. But All when the scouts that I talked to in the last couple of weeks told me that, in their opinion, the most pure skill yeah. is Cooley that has it. They told me he's got Zegras-like hands. Yes, but he's 5'10", 5'11", whatever. And Slavkovsky is 6'4", what, 230? And Gozi is also more, uh, they, they have the build for the NHL playoffs. And when I look at players, usually I always try to project them in the NHL playoffs, not in October at home against a weak team when the score is 5-1. I'm thinking, okay, what are they going to do in May or June? And that's why I have Slavkovsky and Gauthier ahead of Cooley. Not saying Cooley is not going to be good. I have him ranked at number three. But if I'm building a playoff team now, I take the two guys before Cooley. Those, uh, you know, the fact that they played on bigger rinks, will that hurt them, you think, in terms of the adjustment to the National Hockey League? Slavkovsky playing in Finland. Cooley, I believe, was playing in Minnesota. Will that hurt them? It always does because they have to adapt to the fact that they have less space and also that there's less time base. Yeah. And basically no contact in these leagues. Uh, Sweden is probably the worst league in that sense uh, in terms of like getting ready, you know, for NHL contact. We saw this with Norlander last year and tons of Swedish guys have to adapt. Uh, but uh, Slavkovsky, I think by his style of play, uh, it'll turn into an advantage for him because he's built for the NHL. Got it. He's yeah. a North American player in your opinion. Yeah. Okay. So Simon Nemitz goes a uh, number four on your list. He went number two, actually in reality to New Jersey, Connor geeky. You were very, very high on him. When we spoke a couple of months ago, you have him at number five. Why do you have Connor geeky ahead of Shane Wright? And for all that you heard about Shane, Wright, You know, lack of engagement, lack of intensity, can it be that he was just bored and not very motivated to play? Well, <laughs> guys who were in his position in the past did not get bored. Connor McDavid did not get bored. 
So, you know, uh, Jack Hughes did not get bored. And these guys were projected as number one picks. Why would he be bored? He's in the playoffs. He's playing for Hamilton. He's 17 years old. There's no reason to be bored. If he was, and I'm not saying he wasn't, but if he was, that's, a very, Kingston. Bad, Kingston. that's, a, very, that's a very bad sign. Playing for Kingston. Yeah. Kingston, sorry, was playing against Hamilton the playoffs. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Sorry. So, now let's take a look at the top 30. Let's take a look at round one that went out. All right. Let's take a look at it. There you go. Slavkovsky one, Nemitz two, Cooley three, Wright four, Cutter Gotzia five, David Yurichek six, Korchinski, Kasper, Savoy, Mintyukov, Geeky went 11th, Matyachuk, Nazar, McGrory, LaCary Mackey, who we were hearing that is probably one of the best pure snipers in the draft, Ostland, Joachim Kemmel, Bixel, Ogren, Miroshinchenko, Pickering, Nathan Gaucher, Snuggerud, Yurov, Rinzel, Philip Massar, Bystead, Kulich, Lamoureux, Lambert, Howard, and Schaefer. There's your round one. You take a look at that list. What stands out to you? Which pick do you look at and say, that's a great pick? You mean like a, a value pick, let's say. A value pick, a great value pick. There, there are a few, I would say. Well, okay. a few. Uh, I have to say Geeky at number 11, obviously. I like Did McGraw. the Canadians get a value pick in Masara 26th, or would they have got more value taking a Lamour or a Lambert at 26? Oh, no Lambert, no Lambert. Uh, You're on the Lambert bandwagon, eh? Oh, I'm on the no draft uh, bandwagon for Lambert. No draft. He was on my no draft list. He would not be drafted. No, I, I, he wouldn't be on my list. I would be a, I would sit at the table and I would say this guy doesn't exist. He looked really good at the World Juniors, but then he dropped off. His last couple of months of hockey were not very good. What happened to him? Look, this guy, it's been the same thing for years now. You watch him for a, a given period and you're thinking, wow, this is the number one pick in 2022 and i'm talking back like three years ago and two years ago and then whoops he disappears then you watch the next game he's gone you watch a game after first period he's gone second period oh boy this is the number one pick in 2022 i don't want these guys he's inconsistent very very and to me this is a bad sign because if you're going to be inconsistent at 17 18 what are you going to do again in the playoffs in the nhl well it all depends if you have good coaching and good mentors it could all come together Mositumo. no uh, look uh, you are you are who you are as a player usually all right okay and you are who you are as a sports radio host and a podcaster as well exactly <laughs> all right okay uh other value picks uh, I would say Mirosh Nishenko could be uh, great at 20, depending on his uh, health. I, I like this pick. And he who had who suffered, who had battled cancer, correct? Yeah, yeah, Hodgkin, yeah, yeah, uh, lymphoma. And I like Sam Renzel at 25. And honestly, I really thought this is where the Habs were going at 26. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's a potential offensive defenseman. Six foot four. He's only 180 right now. So he has room to grow. He's a terrific skater, but he's very, very raw, having played only high school hockey and a few games in the USHL. 
So I think he will need at least two, three years in college before he's ready. But this is a guy who has a lot of upside. Will he reach that upside? I don't know, but I like upside. So to me, Renzel was one of the guys in the bottom half or the third tier of the first round uh, who had the most upside. You can shop for all your sports licensed apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major leagues, as well as our sick merchandise in Mozitu now at sportbuffshop.com. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. Nathan Gaucher was the one player, if we bring back up the list one more time, was the one player from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League that went in round one. Several Quebecers went... And by the way, Anaheim did a real good job of picking them up. Uh, Maverick Lamoureux, pardon me, uh, also went 29th in round one. Uh, the Canadians were criticized for not drafting Quebecers and or players from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So they ended up using their last pick and ended up taking Miguel Tourigny. My question to you, did the Canadians drop the ball by not taking uh, not trading up, not making trades to go out and get a Gaucher, to go out and get a Lamoureux. I know that Patrick Roy criticized the Canadians. Do you? Uh, not really. Uh, but, but... And you're uh, a consultant in the Quebec Major Junior no, Hockey League. It, it was not a great year for the Q, let's, let's face it. But uh, I'm surprised they didn't take a guy like Noah Warren at 33. Because a big six foot five defenseman who, who can skate, who's Quebecois, on top of it, to me, I, I thought that I thought it was an obvious pick for that. Whereas for the other ones, well, Gaucher, going back, I believe, right? Yeah, who's a fast skater, but he has uh, his ceiling is like third liner. Phil Deneau type. Yeah, maybe not as good offensively. Maybe not as good offensively. Yeah, yeah, but I think the the Habs they have tons of players like this in their uh, in their farm system. One of them will emerge and will be the third line center behind Suzuki, and we'll see. Is it going to be Doc or someone they draft next year? We'll see. Where did, okay, but, hold on a second. What was your evaluation of Kirby Doc? Now that you open the door, I'm going to walk right through it here. Yeah. What was your evaluation of Kirby Doc in the 2019 draft? Uh, I think I had I I had him maybe seven or eight. Uh, I, I, yeah, I thought he was he, he was very good. I like his physical presence on the ice. You know, yeah. I like six foot four centerman, obviously. Who uh, yeah, who doesn't? But uh, the reason why I didn't, I, I thought he was a little bit of a reach at number three. It's like the men, it's like the women. They like uh, men with uh, curly hair, uh, brown curly hair, and uh, bluish green eyes. What about gray hair? Yeah, sometimes Richard Gear for Richard Gear, yes. Yeah, not for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, look for Doc. Uh, wh what I what I was concerned about, and I thought he was a little bit of a reach at number three, was because I wasn't sure how how much he would produce at the NHL level. Huh. I liked the player, but I was like, yeah. "What's his ceiling? Is it is it 50, oh. 55 points? So is this guy worthy of being picked number three? Then when he came to the Hawks. I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how good he played. But then he, he got a wrist injury the, the year after. And that kind of slowed him down. And this year, I have to say, the Hawks were a mess. So it's yes. kind of hard to judge. But he played with Patrick Kane. Didn't do anything. Then he played on the wing with Jonathan Taves at center. Didn't do anything. And as I, I, I rewatch, you know, uh, sequences of this guy recently after the trade, 
And what I notice is that he's a very, very imposing presence on the ice. Yes. I like it. He, he, he gets on the ice. You, you can't miss Kirby Doc, but he doesn't drive a line. So is he necessarily a number two center on a contending team? Well, if he doesn't, he's a number three. If he does, he'll be a number two. Yes, exactly. But so far, it doesn't look good. Look, we'll give him this year. He's going to have an opportunity. Uh, He's going to have lots of ice time. Uh, like I say, I like I like the player. I just have a big question mark over the points column. In, I think in you the, have a question mark on everyone. You, you're not you're you're not easy, eh? The beans have sealed you. Yeah, because look, Tony. Every draft, how many players become stars? How many players make the NHL? How many yeah. players play 400 games? But when you listen to some draft analysts. Yeah. Or, or fans, there's 225 players that were drafted, and all of them will make the NHL. Then you look 10 years later, 50 of them made it, and uh, 35 of them are very interchangeable, and there's 15 of them who are impact players. Okay. I'm going to know right away what kind of scout you are, what kind of talent evaluator you are. Right away, I'm going to know. Who's the best sports radio host and podcaster in Canada? Well, if you have to think about it, you don't. Are his initials about. TM? No kidding. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not. Listen, what I'll do? It's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. Right? Yeah, right. You're it's right. Not, it's, not, it's not even close. All right, let's bring up the Canadians. Thank you for that, by the way. I appreciate that. And uh, you know what? I like people that speak the truth. Let's bring up the you're, list. You, the you're going to use it as a soundbite, I know. Oh, you're, well, yes. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, everybody knows it. I am Montreal Sports Authority, <laughs> and they know it. Habs 2022 draft selections. All right. Number one, Slavkowski. Number 26, Philip Messar. Number 33, Owen Beck. Number 62, Lane Hudson. 75, Vincennes Rohrer. 92, Adam Angstrom, 127, Cedric Gaindon, 130, Jared Davidson, 162, Emmett Croto, 194, Pateri Nurmi, and 216, Miguel Torini. Now, I went to Habs Development Camp at the training facility in Brassard last week when they had it, and I have to tell you, I was blown away by Lane Hudson. This guy looks, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be Quinn Hughes, Okay. He looks like a poor man's Quinn Hughes. And, you know, maybe worst case scenario, uh, you know, a uh, 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 Samuel Girard. But this kid can play. Yeah. Uh, hey, you're hesitating on that, too. He can yeah, play. He, yeah. He skates course. like the wind. Yeah, he's very skilled. He's highly skilled. I'm not debating it. But there's a reason why he went 62. You're worried about his size. Well, of course, because, I mean, he's even more minuscule than Quinn Hughes. And Quinn Hughes has, you know, you can tell sometimes he has a hard time uh, with winning puck battles and everything. Yeah. I, I also think that Quinn Hughes is a better uh, offensive defenseman than Lane Hudson is, even at the same age. I understand. But, and the thing with Hudson, I'll tell you my concern, and it wasn't really raised. Huh. I, I, and, and obviously that can be improved. So it's not a, but it is a concern. Tell me. I'm concerned when he skates backwards, if he's good enough to face players off the rush. And this is going to happen. This doesn't happen at development camp where it's all, you know, dangling and stuff like that. But when I hear some guys on the radio 
you know, talking about uh, the, the steal of the draft. Okay, let's, let's put the brakes down first. Yeah. Because I think he really needs to improve that aspect of his game. You're listening to French radio right now? I'm listening to both. I listen to everything. Yeah, the French radio right now is good quality radio. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, especially the... No, but, but, but hold on a station. second here. Hold yeah. on a second here, okay? Let, let, let's put the cards on the table here. You're worried about his ability to skate backwards to see if he can do it at the National Hockey League level. Yeah. By the time this kid plays a game in the National Hockey League, if he does, mm -hmm. we are minimum three years away, correct? Yeah. yeah. We have time here. Yeah. On, on relax. Look, Tony, I'm all for home runs. There we Okay, so I'm not criticizing the pick. Yeah. Because I would take, honestly, I would I would try and take, if I had 10 picks, I would take 10 home runs. Yes. Even if I fail, I, I don't care. I want 10 home runs. I don't want fourth liners. That's fourth right. liners, you can get now for cheap. How many are lying on the floor of unrestricted, unsigned, unrestricted trade? You'd rather swing to yeah. try and hit a home run than to try and bunt so that exactly. you go to free base. So I like the fact that they go... They swing for the fence with Lance at 62. So don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not saying they should not not have drafted him. Okay. The way I said, Brad Lambert should not be drafted. Okay. No. That was rough, but I'm just. Yeah. I'm just. I saying think you're gonna end up regretting that. I might. I and might. Then we'll do a podcast. The fact that you have an opinion. Yeah. Then three, four years, we do a podcast. You make fun of me, and uh, people make fun of me, and that's fine. That's. But I got a question part. for you, though. I got yeah. a question for you. Okay. We look, everyone prefers a six foot four body over a five foot eight body or less. I get that. Okay. But in today's National Hockey League, with the onus on speed, skill, playing fast, skating fast, and thinking fast, if it can work for Cole Caulfield, who plays as a winger, why can't it work for Lane Hudson, who would play as a defenseman? Well, it's harder on defense because you have you you, you have to defend, and you're you mentioned Sam Girard. Sam Girard uh, was injured this year, but last year in the playoffs, he really really struggled for Colorado. It was not the same Sam Girard as we see during the regular season. So obviously, with but Hudson, it's okay if he ends up being a very good offensive defenseman, and you live with yeah. his defensive warts, and you pair you pair him with a guy exactly who's a stay at home steady. Defensive defenseman. That's what you have to do. because. Yeah. But you know that teams are going to try and go on his side all the time. So well, that's he can move why... the puck out of the zone in a hurry, there's no problem. Exactly, like Quinn Hughes. But the question is, is he going to be Quinn Hughes? Is he going to be Sam Girard? We shall see. I say he has a minimum of three years in the NCAA to build strength, maybe still grow up, you never know. And... Uh, work on his uh, backward skating, okay, and also improve on his uh, on his offensive game. Because I have to tell you, even if he were six foot one and one hundred seventy five pounds right now, yeah, I do not think that his offensive skills are as good as the ones of the guys who were drafted early in the last few years. The defensemen like Hughes, like Makar, his uh, Kanen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's well, all I'm I mean, saying. I mean, listen, it goes without saying that he's not as good offensively as Hughes, Makar, and Heiskanen. Cristoforo Colombo, I scoperto l'America. Ta découvert l'America. What's the story with no, you, man? No, Come but, on and you state the obvious. Is this no. why we're paying you? Yes. Okay. I'm saying, Tony, 
that at six foot, if he were six foot one, 175, I don't think he would have been a top five pick. That's what I'm saying. He would have been a first round pick, but he would not have been a top five pick. I understand what you're saying yeah. now. All right. Okay. Shout out to matrixhomefitness.ca. Maybe what he can do is he can bring it home, discover a club quality workout in the comfort of his own home. Maybe he can run backwards and it can help him when he's going to skate backwards in the National Hockey League. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. All right. Okay. Who won the draft? Which team at the end did you say you saw the draft and you said, my God, they won the draft? Who won oh, it? No, there's two of them. Arizona and Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. Why did Buffalo win the draft? Well, because they, they drafted three highly skilled players in the first round. And so obviously the fact that they had three picks really helped. But they drafted three highly skilled players. Are they all going to make the it? Last time, the last time I talked to you, actually even this time, you talked to me about an undersized Logan Cooley. Yeah. You actually talked to me about liking his teammate, Cutter Gauthier, even better. Yeah. And now you're telling me that Arizona, who had the third pick, who didn't pick Cutter Gauthier, who picked Logan Cooley, yeah. you think they won the draft. But everything you say is opposite. Tutto cosa contrario con questo qua. I had Logan Cooley number three, Tony. I had him number three. I, I didn't have him number 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 eight. So they, they picked the guys that had three and five. You had Gauthier number two, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they, they, Cooley's number three. Pretty Cooley's sure I'm going to open this 8.6 beer and I'm going to drink it all in front of you. Ben, <laughs> uh, also, I saw the, the think they had a couple of solid picks in the second round. So to me, Arizona, Buffalo, uh, I like their drafts. But who, had a, who had a terrible draft? To be honest with you, Tony, yeah. I, uh, obviously, Colorado picked, I don't know, two players at the end of the draft. So, obviously, it's horrible for, for, for the same reason that they didn't have picks. But, honestly, I, I don't really see... Well, why do you keep saying honestly to me? It leads me I, to believe that every other time you're talking to me, you're lying to me. Yeah, very often. Now, what does it mean? No. It's just a figure of speech. I got it. Okay, it's okay. a figure of speech. So, uh, look, what I'm saying is that I, I, I don't see any teams that in my book really screwed it up i think i have teams who didn't necessarily get value picks here and there and i'm okay. like oh, okay but no real head scratchers to the point that i'm thinking oh my god what did this team do do i like the brad lambert pick for winnipeg at number 30 obviously not but do yeah. i think that winnipeg had a bad draft no because their pick at number 14 rudger mcgrody to me is another great value pick who might outplay his uh his uh his slot Okay, so in ending, in ending, the Canadians did okay? I think the Canadians did, look, just for Slavkovsky, they did more than okay. 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 They, so, didn't drop the, they didn't drop the ball with Quebecers or players from the Quebec Junior Hockey League. Having said that, with their first pick of the second round, you would have drafted defenseman Noah Warren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Meshar and Beck, uh, I, I, I see third liners. They get two of them. They're not bad. One of them, maybe two, will make the NHL, whether with the Habs or elsewhere. We're talking late for uh, late first round, early second. So late first round, early second, you you're rarely gonna get a, a future forty goal scorer. So I have nothing against the picks, okay. but I think this is where they had an opportunity to uh, kind of try and and uh, either hit yeah. a home run or get a very very good tall, uh, fast-gaining uh, Quebec defenseman. You had Noah Warren ahead of Maverick Lamoureux? Yeah. Why? Uh, because uh, guys who are like six foot seven, I'm, 
You're not I'm comfortable with them. You I'm not comfortable with the probabilities of becoming an impact player. I know some do. Tage Thompson is becoming an impact player after so many years. Zedano Shara made it at 6'9". That guy's not bad. Yeah, but there's other examples of guys who didn't make it. And Lemur is okay, but uh, I just preferred Warren. All right, I got it. All right, you and I, we're going to do this again sometime soon, okay? Well, I hope so. All right, there, hey, they call him the snake. Simo Snake Boisvert. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. I'm going to tell you something. You ready for this? Yeah. This episode is going to make you famous. You're already famous. This is over 20,000 views on YouTube guaranteed. You want to bet? I'm not going to bet because uh, we were very close the last time. Stick with me. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great summer. Salut. All right. There you go. Salut la visite. He is Simon Snake Boisvert. I'm Marinero. I'm Mosey too now. It's a sick podcast. Tell your friends about it. Say, hey, you know that guy? It's pretty sick. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you.